Hey, Love Tribe. Today's episode is brought to you by one of my personal favorites, Cozy Earth. They've got something special for all the mothers out there. So anyone who wants to shower the special woman in their lives with love and the comfort they deserve, listen up. Hands down, Cozy Earth has the best sheets, bedding, pajama sets, and more. So today, I'm excited to share that Relationship Advice listeners get an exclusive 35% off discount. Simply go to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code I do at checkout. The first time I tried their bamboo sheets, I was blown away. The comfort level is insane. I just love slipping into their seriously soft and cool sheets after a long day. And for a mom who knows that the struggle of sleep deprivation is real, Cozy Earth's temperature regulating technology has been a lifesaver. No more waking up sweating or freezing. But what really sold me is the quality of the bamboo sheets. They are by far the most comfortable sheets I have ever slept in. They are made to last years, which they have. I think at this point, I have about six sets of them. And they have a 100-night sleep-free trial and a 10-year warranty, so you know you're getting something that is going to stick around. So if you're ready to prioritize your sleep health and treat yourself or the mom in your life to the luxury she deserves, head on over to CozyEarth.com and use the promo code IDO for an exclusive 35% off. Because every mom deserves a good night's sleep, and with Cozy Earth, you can finally get the rest you need. Let's talk about a struggle many of us know all too well losing weight. Remember those days when everyone was on a juice cleanse or just basically hangry all the time? That was no fun for anyone. Well, there's a better, more sustainable way to shed those pounds. Today, I want to introduce you to Row Body. It's not your typical weight loss program. Instead of all the gimmicks, they offer access to the most popular weight loss shots on the market. But here's the real deal. They pair these shots with simple lifestyle changes, helping you lose 15 to 20% of your weight in a year on average and actually keep it off. Plus, over 200,000 people have already seen results with Robody. So what sets Robody apart? The support. They handle all the insurance stuff for you and give you access to a provider whenever you need them. And the best part, you can sign up online from home, no doctor's appointments and no waiting rooms. Say goodbye to those days of hangry juice cleanses. With Robody, losing weight is straightforward and sustainable. Take that first step today and say hello to a healthier, happier you. Kickstart your weight loss journey the right way and head to ro.co slash do. That's ro.co slash I-D-O. Sign up today for just $99 for your first month and $145 a month after that. Remember, medication costs are separate. That's row.co slash I do. What's up, I Do Podcast listeners? Welcome to the show. 
If you're new to I Do Podcast, thanks so much for joining us. And if you're not, welcome back. Here at I Do Podcast, we interview the world's leading relationship, marriage, dating, and self-help experts. Whether you're dating, single, married, or struggling in a relationship, we're here to help give you the tools to succeed. On today's show, we welcome Taya and Dwayne Harvey. And Taya and Dwayne are unique in that they've been married for 10 years and they are both practicing marriage and family therapists, specializing in Imago relationship therapy. So I think that's pretty neat that they have um, this marriage that they seem to be extremely happy together and, and say so in the interview. And they're also helping others improve the relationships. And on today's show, they have a ton of great information where we talk about turning conflict into passion and how to go through conflict with your partner and the exact steps to take so that you are not creating a negative path forward. The whole idea is to deal with everything as they come in the relationship and not letting things compile to where they explode into a giant argument or or something where you're cheating on a spouse or you're acting out in, in a negative way. Whereas if you have the tools to deal with everything at the time in the appropriate way, these conflicts, you're going to be that much better for it in the relationship. So Dwayne and Taya give us the exact three-step process to take you through that. So definitely listen for, for those tools. And I love all of our guests, and, and we're particularly happy to have Taya and Dwayne back on. They were back on. They were on the show way back in episode 18, and they are here now with us. And we appreciate having them back, and we appreciate you guys for listening. So we hope that you enjoy today's episode. As always, thanks for listening. Thanks for subscribing, leaving reviews, telling your friends, and we hope that your life and your relationships are better because of it. Enjoy the show. Support for I Do Podcast comes from Talkspace, the online therapy company that believes that therapy should be affordable, confidential, and convenient. Join over 500,000 people who have used Talkspace for online therapy with their licensed therapist. Get $30 off your first month by visiting Talkspace.com forward slash I do. That's one word, I-D-O. That's Talkspace.com forward slash I do. Hi, Taya and Dwayne. Thanks for joining us back on the show. Thank you. Yes, thank you very much. We've told our listeners a little bit about you in the bio. So can you two expand and tell us a little bit more? Well, first, I'd like to recognize both of you, actually, and your listeners as being pioneers, because uh, it's not common to have a long-term romantic marriage even going back as recently as the 70s, having a long-lasting marriage was rare. Romance existed outside of the marriage, and or it only lasted a very short time. So to have them in the same house is a new societal expectation. It is new. It's a new cultural construct, and uh, it's so it's not typical. And it's not impossible. 
So with awareness, practice, and desire, you can have the love that you want. And for me, it's exciting to be working and living on this cutting edge of culture. Well, and also our 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 work is just an out an extension of our life. I mean, we're madly in love with one another, and um, it just we 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 live this, and so teaching it and practicing it just makes so much sense. It just keeps us um, congruent. We love that, and it is interesting and and kind of unique to have two of you in in this relationship in this marriage but then you're also helping others as therapists so you are i guess practicing what you preach a little bit as the way it sounds before we get started and jump into today's topic you said you are madly in love what is the one thing that you can point to that is making that happen giving each other as much energy and attention positive energy and attention as we as 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 we have time for i mean we are lucky we're very fortunate that we we work together we live together and we have the leisure to be able to really devote enormous amounts of time to our romance to our love i mean it's it's our topic well, I love that. It's very inspiring and it makes me and Chase appreciate each other even more and look forward to having a long uh, a long and successful marriage just like you guys. Yeah, I mean, I mean yes. if you want to get <laughs> it's like from Thursday through Monday after our weekend starts and we're just we just have date night like four nights a week. It's even if it's inside date night, which yeah. is more realistic as parents. Yeah. Yes, that is definitely more realistic. And then just not to, to stay on this too long, but I do find it interesting because Sarah and I also work from home and work together, a kind of a similar situation as you guys. How do you navigate that? Because sometimes that it could it can almost be difficult because you are spending so much time together. Well, that's what we're going to talk about today, the, the, the normal rubbing up against each other that that just happens and how you navigate that. Yeah, well then, yeah, let's, let's and dive also, right we're into that. Being um, differentiated because we are very different. We're not the same person at all. Well, first of all, Chase, I want to use your favorite quote. Um, I, frequently you, um, and it's an unattributed one, that you say that success can be measured by how many difficult conversations you have. Recall that? Yes, absolutely. Well, th- that's what this is about. This is about how to go about having those difficult conversations. It's it's the nuts and bolts of that. But, uh, so first of all, there's a there are basically three parts to this. If there's going to be a, a breakdown, a disruption, which is common and and necessary, it should be expected as a, as opposed to a surprise or an indication that you're with the wrong person. It's uh, to the contrary. It's that you, uh, the relationship and the partners within the relationship, is an opportunity for growth. Misunderstanding one another is is the norm um, rather than understanding one another. We, we speak different languages, even though there's this illusion that we don't. Um, and, and so to, to, to accept the fact that we're probably going to be misunderstanding one another 
many times a day and we have to correct those misunderstandings is um, just part of normalizing um, breakdowns. And so having patience with one another, you know, there's this also um, erroneous idea that what you're thinking, your partner's probably thinking too, or that what you're experiencing, your partner's experiencing. And we actually have two totally different um, internal lives, thoughts, emotions going on simultaneously. And um, so it's important to respect that and be curious about uh, your partner's perspective and reality and know that it's going to be different than yours. Yes. Now, turbulence, turbulent emotions is um, it just, just like the word implies, it's, it's contrasting energies, like contrasting winds, hot and cold, mixing together, two different directions. It causes friction, and the friction causes disruption. Now, that, that friction can either, either be the source of anxiety or it can be the source of pleasure um, and, and, and delight. So the, the, the idea that there's disruption is, really needs to be embraced because the turbulence can be the inner engine of change and transformation and newness. You discover new things about yourself and your partner. And attraction. And attraction, yes. But what it really comes down to is when there is turbulence, there's going to be anxiety. Um, and this is what we need to help manage our own anxiety and to manage our partner's anxieties. So we can't just jump into this. We can't just say, okay, we got to fix this right now. There has to be a preparation. So in the three parts, the first one's setup. And even prior to setup, if we live in an atmosphere, a culture together of, of positivity, zero negativity, if you're never criticizing each other, which is a goal, a realistic one, and that you're giving each other appreciations constantly and laughing together and really creating a lot of positive experiences, then the disruptions and the turbulence are going to, they're going to have a greater buffer zone for it to begin with. But the setup is very important because you can't just jump in to having a conversation. The idea of spontaneously beginning to discuss something that's important to the two of you is, is a very dangerous idea because we're too revved up. We're too, we're, we're, we're too, um, activated we have to first make an appointment just because you're ready to talk doesn't mean your partner is ready to talk and we have to sit down face to face and yeah and um you do not want to fix um or to uh, mend or correct misunderstandings through email text or phone calls um, this is just going to create more misunderstanding. Uh, so this, is, so those methods are not um, conducive for repair. You really do need to be face to face, eye to eye, ideally, and uh, so that your body, you can pick up the body language of your partner and really um, clear, clarify things, as opposed to create more misunderstandings and more miscommunication. And we begin also by breathing together, beginning to synchronize your breathing, just a couple of minutes of that, three long breaths together, a couple of appreciations, then you're ready. Then you're ready to, 
you've calmed yourself enough to be able to speak because if 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 you're still um, triggered, then you're you're not going to be really clear. You're not going to have the the mental space to be able to be curious or to be relaxed enough. Remember that anxiety is very contagious. So if you're anxious, you're going to be that's going to be a threat to your partner. So that's the setup. And then the second part is the organization. The organization or the structure of it is basic. It's the, the most basic part of it is just taking turns. You can't talk at the same time. You've got to, somebody has to be completely heard and then the other person has to be completely heard. We can't just interrupt each other. And in a model relationship therapy, which is what we both practice, um, there's there's a dialogical structure and the first part is just mirroring you know you are just curiously repeating what your partner is saying to you and it's almost like a form of couples um, meditation because during that time you're not thinking your thoughts you're just there present in their mind and mirroring what they're saying back without any reactivity, without um, any judgment, without contorting your face or rolling your eyes, but uh, really just giving your partner the gift of your presence and, um, and listening and mirroring back what your partner says. And, making, and it is very important that your face is not being expressive and it's soft. Um, then, you know, we, you summarize, you make sure they got it right, you got what they're saying right, and then you let them know that they make sense, which is the opposite of telling them they're crazy, which is what we typically want to do, just because it's, it's not what we think, so we think it's wrong. And that part, that validating part, it's so powerful. I just, I can't tell you the amount of times when Dwayne has said, you make sense. That makes sense. He doesn't have to agree with me. He can have a different perception of the events that took place, but to hit for him to be able to step his perception, put his perception, his story to the side and to uh, let me know that I make sense. Um, it helps turn off this part of my brain that will just keep thinking like, am I crazy here? Like, is this what, this is what's going on for me. And if, when he's like, that makes sense. Or when I've seen couples validate their partner, it's just, um, it, it really helps stabilize the emotions and, um, it, re it really helps strengthen the connection, um, between the two partners. Yes. Now, the, the, the turbulence or the disconnection is it's it's not something that we've chosen to do. It arises out of pain and arises out of the, the pain that results from a need coming online and that need not getting thwarted, not getting attended to or getting distorted. And so the third part is empathizing with your partner, really finding out what their pain is about. Because we have to remember that we're both in pain during this time. Now, the part of the problem is that when we're in pain, we tend to um, express that pain in opposite fashions. It's about the way we express our energy. Um, there are basically two styles of, of that. One is to get large, to expand, to fight, and the other is to implode. Um, I, I tend to go inward and, and, and withdraw slightly. 
um, when I get in pain, I, 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 I want to contract. contract my energy. Taya's energy expands and she flares up and she wants to tackle it. And so we have to, I have to uh, expand, I have to work on expanding my energy and she has to work on contracting hers so that we can channel it so that our energies don't, don't just rupture right. each other's. Right. Or we become entrenched in our same, in our same behavioral patterns like to have more flexibility, to have more responses under threat, which it feels like, right. When we're in disconnection with our partner, we feel like we're in, th there's a threat. We go into a distressed response into fight or flight and um, we need to work out of that distress into a place where we can be more flexible, more adaptive, more responsive. Yes, and the structure is what does that. It, it almost it creates like an even playing field. Her energy, if it's high and mine, if it's low, then when we dialogue, when we move into taking turns, there's room for me to emerge and there's when she talks, there's she knows that she's going to be recognized. Her energy needs to be recognized. Mine needs to be accepted and and and, and to be able to come out. So the the structure allows that even playing field. It's a safe place for the pain, whatever that may be, to emerge. And it isn't. You, it's it's typically not even about a difficult topic. It's just about uh, just a pain that happens out of misunderstanding. This is all so valuable. And there's so much here that, that we want to unpack. And it's it, like you mentioned in the beginning, this is kind of this sort of structure. It's like preventative maintenance that it doesn't have to be a, a big blow up in order to go through these three parts of managing anxiety. In fact, if you wait for it to be some big thing, then th that's the most unhealthy way to approach it. Now, you still want to be able to use these three steps, but it's the little things that, that make up the big things. So I really encourage our listeners to use these three parts. And I want to just go over them one more time. Um, and then I want to unpack a couple of things. But the first to manage the anxiety, to manage this conflict is the setup and making sure you're not spontaneously bringing it up. You're meeting face to face. The worst thing you can do is, is to text, Hey honey, uh, I want to talk about something and, and then proceed to have a text exchange about what it is that's bothering you. And then the second thing is organization and structure and making sure that you're communicating properly. So huge. Mirroring what your partner says, taking turns to talk. And then I love that you mentioned the facial expressions because nonverbal communication is so important and that you're just nodding and, and, and you don't necessarily have to agree with what they're saying, but you're letting them take their turn. You're not scrawling your eyebrow because you disagree and right. that's going to derail the, the process right there. And, and you're not going to have that final step of, of creating empathy to find out what the pain is about. So I, I really love those steps and, and it's so valuable and it seems elementary. And like so many things we talk about with, 
working on the relationship, you don't, we need these frameworks because we're complicated social animals. And then when you're trying to interact with another one, your emotions, a lot of times I know they get the best of me. And so when I can go to something like this and, and just be mindful, be present with my emotions, slow down and then go, okay, what, what are these three management steps that I can go through? Uh, it's just a great thing to have. And it's really the, the tools of a successful relationship. Yes. And what, what you said was that we're complicated animals, mammals, we're human beings. What, what feels natural for us to do is not this. In right, fact, exactly. Um, but I tell people is do the opposite of what you feel like doing because what you feel like doing, and this is where psychology has done a disservice in many ways, non-relational psychology, is it helped us, for, you know, just go with what we feel. But what what we feel is is typically an instinctual reaction to fear and danger. So we have to we we have to go against the grain of of what we feel. And and so the, those were the first two steps. The third one we haven't really gotten to yet, um, which is just the repair. Because even after you see each other's points of view, even after you can even empathize with each other, and then then you switch and you can't go more than two rounds because that then we just go in circles. But even after the issues resolve, even after the the misunderstanding is fixed, we're, you're still not ready to re-enter connection because this a mood seems to have a, a chemical soup sometimes envelops us that needs to be broken. So the third part is, is really um, just to turn the page, right? So like after you've talked things out and sometimes you come to a resolution and sometimes you don't, some things aren't repaired that during that one talk, what's important is maintaining the connection and the relationship, you know, particularly if this is a difficult conversation, it might be several conversations (laughs) before there's any sort of resolution. And that's okay. It's about maintaining the, like I said, maintaining the connection, staying in discourse about it, not blaming, shaming, or criticizing the other person because they have a different point of view than the other. And then when you're in this, the, after you've had that opportunity to talk it through, you know, bring in laughter, bring in touch. You know, you have to change those stress hormones that you were flooded with during the disconnection and re-infuse yourself with um, emotions like oxytocin and dopamine and and feel good and you can do that by being physical like that's why makeup sex is so um is a real thing right <laughs> and it's, it's important to break this spell whether you feel like it or not it has nothing to do with how you feel Right. Because because you're dealing with biochemistry here, you know, you have even if you're you were able, let's say you did come to a resolution and you're still feeling like I don't feel so great or connected to this person. You can change that by knowing that, like, okay, we got it. We got to get we want to be connected. We want we resolve this now. Our intention is to to be connected. And 
one partner might be better than this than the other. And so just like if your partner was stuck down at the bottom of a hole, you wouldn't just leave them there. You wouldn't just be like, okay, check it later. You would go and you would help, you know, you'd get the rope, you'd help your partner out. And the same with an emotional hole too. Like after you get disconnected, you want to like bring like again like have a one minute hug you know touch hands um maybe massage each other's shoulders you know just uh get outside go for a walk like switch it up and um and start feeling good again passionate i think that's so helpful because and i i'm sure a lot of our listeners go through the same thing but chase and i when we're both passionate about something, we feel the need to talk it out and just, we keep talking it and talking it. And like you said, at some point you have to come to a resolution and move on. And I think having or adding in that physical touch at the end will allow us to kind of move forward, hopefully, and not keep hammering out the the same conversation over and over again. Yes, that's so true. It's almost like willing it I, I love the analogy you used of, of helping your partner out of the hole. You're, you know, and, and maybe the other partner doesn't because they're having a harder time with it, but you know that in the end, you, your desire as in the relationship is to be together and to be happy. And, and despite the fact that you might still have be a little upset about whatever it is, you're willing to put it, put it to the side almost and then initiate that that repair through touch and and I don't want to say being the bigger person but maybe you're just the person that was more easily able to to get over that situation and now you're initiating that repair and and not waiting for the other partner to take the initiation because of your ego or, or all these things that that come into play right it's couples get tripped up in the idea of fairness and there's nothing really fair about our partnership. The fairness is a, is a, is a political construct. It's not really uh, applied to romance because what we're doing in romance is we're working at our highest capacity all the time. So if one partner has a greater capacity to be the bigger person at that moment, then great. And the other person doesn't, we assist one another. We have to believe, give each other the benefit of the doubt, but they're, that they're doing the best they can in any given time. And that's the beauty of partnership, right? In the end, like that we complement each other so we can be better together than individually. And, um, and I think that's what makes it when it works, when I'm sure I'm, I'm assuming as you guys work together, when you guys work together, it can be so spectacular, right? Yeah, it is. (laughs) <laughs> and it brings up a lot more um, potential areas of conflict that um, that wouldn't necessarily um, be coming up if you lived your separate spheres. It, it does, yes. But luckily, we're doing this podcast. So we have a lot of tools to yes. navigate them. Yes. Well, after a 100 plus podcasts, you guys are probably one of the most educated couples out there. <laughs> we're getting there. But, but like... Like, uh, I, I know you guys know, and it, it's just a, the more tools you have in the tool shed, the easier it's going to be to repair the relationship in that no matter how good it, 
things are, it, it's it's never perfect, and and relationships are bumpy, and and that's why it's so valuable to have these things, and and we we go through as I'm sure any relationship does that we go through bumps in the road. It's a normal thing, and and if you don't know how to navigate those, those bumps become giant potholes and suddenly you're stuck at the bottom and and feels like the world is caving in so really getting ahead of the the problems and just having these tools is so valuable and no matter how much you you hear them like sarah said we we were almost a hundred shows like you mentioned and but it it doesn't make it necessarily i don't want to say easier It, it has been easier learning these things but it doesn't make it just automatic like you have to work on it constantly what becomes automatic is what we're used to doing. So if you habitually push in a direction, eventually it will become automatic. And I'm glad you use that word because when we fall into our traps, when we fall into, into our, our typical way of, of, of fighting, we're automations. We're, we're not even free. We're being controlled by, by parts of our brain that have just been worked and reworked and reworked so that they are habits and we have to undo those habits and it takes a great deal of effort. So being non-automated is what's really challenging. And also going back um, Chase, to what you said earlier about how the organization of the dialogue is something that you can put into play as a daily practice you know, whether it's mirroring or um, letting your partner say that, like saying to your partner that they make sense. You know, my, our daughter even says that to me sometimes, like if I, if I'm perseverating about something or talking, so I'll say, oh, you make sense, mommy. (laughs) And it's so validating. And just meaning that when you uh, incorporate some of these relational practices, as everyday ways of being and they become ingrained, they help enforce a relationship, a relational model of, of being together, of collaborating, of um, um, being creative with one another, of um, sharing, of coexisting. I love that. I love that your daughter does that. That's so cute. Um, and yeah, with the, with the automatic, I, I'm glad you mentioned that. I didn't mean, um, that it, you do want the reaction to become automatic from a negative to a positive thing of, uh, running through these, running through these exercises, but that it still, it still takes effort. Right. Absolutely. Well, we love this. I think it's going to be really valuable. Definitely for us. Hopefully our listeners, can apply this to their lives today. Start it right away. Now we got to move forward to the lasting love round. But first, I want to tell you about our sponsor, Talkspace. If you listen to this show, you've heard us talk about it probably for about the last month. And what it is, is it's an app that connects you with a licensed therapist handpicked just for you for as little as $32 a week. And listening to this podcast is great. You're going to get a lot of great information from our guests. But a lot of times to really see 
change in yourself, in your relationship, it's helpful to talk to a licensed expert. And that's what Talkspace makes it easier than ever to do. So what you need to do is go to Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's one word, and you will get $30 off your first month. That helps the podcast, it helps us, and it's going to help you. So again, that's Talkspace.com forward slash I do, that's I and you will get a $30 discount on your first month and you're going to improve yourself, improve your relationship from the comfort of your home off of your smartphone. Talkspace, therapy for how we live today. What is one tool or practice our listeners can use on a daily basis to help improve their relationship? I would be aware of how you're communicating. Uh, How are you relaying information from one another? Are you yelling from one room to another? Are you yelling over kids, over the hairdryer, the TV? Um, It's pretty amazing um, that, you know, most discommunication happens because of miscommunication between couples. And working with couples, I realized that so many, and also just in our own household, so much of the time I'm communicating with Dwayne or he's talking to me and we're not even in the same room. And so we're not listening to one another. And we're assuming that we are listening to one another. And so one thing that you can do, what couples can do, it's and it kind of, it falls into that um, category again of it makes common it's common sense. <laughs> But, you know, make eye contact, be in the same room, maybe touch your partner's arm or their shoulder just to let to see that they that you've gotten their attention, particularly if you're communicating something that you want them to hear, you know. Um, So that's my tip. Well, mine is to always give a positive spin, a positive interpretation on what happened, um, because our negative interpretation is just a fiction anyway. And if we have a positive interpretation of what happened, that will usually even create a positive outcome. But to also just champion, cherish, and console your partner. Champion their causes, cherish them in every way you can, and console them even when you hurt them. Is there a book or resource you could recommend for listeners who want to improve their relationships? Well, you know, um, I would just recommend one. Um, I mean, so many of the books that we would recommend are typically recommended on your podcast, but self-help becomes anemic if it loses touch with its literary roots. So I, I really like Cien Sonetes de Amor by Pablo Neruda. You know, I just love actual romantic literature. And uh, I am really enjoying Cosmopolitan Magazine at the moment. Uh, Sex and relationship expert Esther Perel has a column in the magazine currently. And there's also lots of articles for couples and singles, um, heterosexual couples, as well as for the LBGT community. And I'm also enjoying this book called Reflective Parenting by psychiatrist Dr. Regina Polly. It uh, pertains to child rearing, so you both might um, enjoy this book as well. But it has a, a lot of brain science around attachment styles and uh, just good pointers for relationships in general. 
And um, also the website relationshipsfirst.org is um, a wonderful way to improve your re- uh, relationship today. And uh, also finding an Imago therapist. If you want to go deeper, you can go uh, to imagorelationships.org and uh, find additional help there. Awesome. Well, Dwayne, can you repeat your uh, recommendation real quick? Well, in English, it's uh, 100 um, Love Silence. Okay. Maybe the Spanish translation, but it's, um, it's um, Pablo Neruda. There really is no English um, equivalent to some of the Latin um, love literature. And that, that, I think that is just gives so much richness to the couples. I mean, I keep a copy in my office, and you know, whether it's Spanish or English, it, it doesn't even matter if they understand it, but just hearing it being repeated, why have one partner read it to the other for, just to break the spell sometimes. Very cool. It's a hundred love sonnets by Pablo Neruda. And there's different translations, and or you can just use directly the Spanish. That's another thing you could do is learn a language together. That really evens things out. So we, <laughs> ever since our daughter was born, we've been working on um, becoming a bilingual family, and that's that joint project has really been very interesting. Very cool. Well, those are some uh, firsts for those book recommendations. So we will be sure to add those to your show notes page. Thank you. Thank you. We've been married for two years now. Is there any advice you'd give newlyweds? Um, just enjoy every minute of it. And um, just understand that um, you're going to have breakdowns and there are opportunities. Smile into them. Lean into them. Don't be afraid of them. And uh, keep the romance alive. Keep doing the things that you used to do during that honeymoon phase. And um, keep, you know, keep surprising each other. Keep being passionate. Keep being curious and willing to change. And when your partner, you know, suggests something that frightens or scares you, take the challenge. Do it. Dive in. I love that. And I just got to mention yesterday we took a fun, it, Sarah just said she was, was going to say, say that too, <laughs> a, a fun adventure that we need to do more. And, and we got to practice what we preach, but uh, we went rafting and had like a lunch date and it was really good. And especially with the one and a half year old, it becomes more and more difficult to do those things, but there's always an excuse not to. So I would encourage people take the time to do it. And I also found out something new about Sarah that she was in, uh, I knew she was an actor and, but she did some actress, but she did some extra work in plays and even said she might want to get back into the swing of things. So I thought that was pretty cool. Cause it was like something I didn't, I knew, but like she hadn't really been sharing and it's just all about that openness and in communication and then you feel closer to your partner. So I was definitely feeling closer after our fun date and learning that new information. So I thought we should, I, I should share that. And then last thing before we wrap up, what advice would you give our single listeners looking for a happy relationship? Well, to, I would just say become the partner you're looking for. Yeah, and I would also um, 
I advise singles to start cultivating the emotions that they want to feel in relationship. Like you want to feel loved, you want to feel respected, you want to feel happy, you want to, you know, uh, attractive, you know, start cultivating those feelings on a daily basis within yourself. And that's what you're going to attract. Feel them now rather than waiting until you meet somebody that will bring them right into your world. Wow. Well, this has been such an awesome interview. I feel, and I I think I can speak for Chase, that we have a whole new tool to put in our toolbox when it comes to arguments with the setup and just going, asking each other the proper questions, the organization. And I think that it's going to be something we're going to definitely be able to use going forward in our relationship. It's been awesome. Let us know if you want, if you have any more questions. Absolutely. Well, let's, uh, let's have you tell our listeners where they can find you and then we can wrap up this interview. Well, our, our website is amagomatch.com and you can, um, also find us at our names, teaharvey.com, dwayneharvey.com. But the one we're still needing to bring together is amagomatch.com. Working still, working to go closer and closer together. <laughs> Our listeners can find all the information and links to today's episode on idopodcast.com. Go to the podcast tab and you'll be in the archives. And again, thank you so much for taking the time to come back on the show with us. Thank you, Chase. Thank you, Sarah. Real pleasure talking with you. Hey guys, thanks for listening. If you haven't done so already, head on over to our website, idopodcast.com to check out this episode's show notes and to sign up for our newsletter. You are listening to a pleasure podcast. For more from our sex podcast collective, visit pleasurepodcasts.com.